Hi, welcome back to Cheese and Crackers. My name is Krista. And I'm Bria. And we are here with my dear friend and neighbor Jeannie tonight. And last week's episode, we talked a little bit about fear from our perspective. But this evening, we are going to interview Jeannie and kind of get a feel for what it was like being a next door neighbor and a great family friend as well. The first question I have is how did you feel knowing that everything was going on? Like you had more of an insight as to our situation than most people because you were one of the few people that we actually let in I would say. I would say that and I would also say Jeannie and her husband and kids were around more especially in the summers when we'd swim together and all of you kids would hang out together and stuff like that. So I think I think part of it is she saw changes over time, but you kind of share with us what you're comfortable with, Jeannie, as to how you thought, you know, like he acted and how he treated the girls and stuff, especially, especially towards the end, because I think it's safe to say that you guys were able to see him change or get more angry with the world. Right. So towards the end, I'd say that he was very short-tempered. You never knew what would set him off or what did set him off. You couldn't, you guys couldn't possibly do anything correct the right way, I mean, to please him. I would say too that wasn't it hard knowing, I mean, I told you stuff in, in confidence and I knew that you'd kept that, but wasn't it hard to just being out in the yard and hearing things and... And I know you guys had made comments about how you could tell he was upset or whatnot. Right. When we would hear him on his tangent yelling and screaming and carrying on at you guys, I mean, our concern was high. I mean, you know, we didn't know what would happen once you went inside. I mean, at least if we saw you out there, we knew what was happening. But it's when you go inside that you can't see through walls or through doors or you know, and you can't hear as much either. So I felt that you were safer outside when he was on his tangents. And then once you went inside, my heart sank because I'm like, okay, what's going on? You know, am I going to hear from her? You know, are they okay? Don't worry. And we did over the years get a little bit smarter where we'd send texts back and forth and you'd ask me some random question just to see if I'd respond. And, And one of the things I think it's important to point out that we put Life360 on our phones due to Amelia at the time because we were trying to all make sure that we were where we were supposed to be and stuff and it was an easy way to add your family especially with your husband's job because we knew he could check on Amelia at school and if she was maybe cutting a class here or there to go visit grandma at least we'd know where she was at. So we all had a joint Life360 account where both of our families, including my dad, was on it. And for some reason, he flipped out and no longer wanted to be a part of it, which actually worked in our favor because then Jeannie and her family would know where we were at and if we were okay if something were to happen. Yeah, they could look on their phones on this Life360, and it's an app, and it's free, and I would encourage if you're going through anything like that, you know, add it, even if you do one, maybe not with your spouse or whoever you're worried about or scared of, but set up a separate account, and that way they can see you. So she could pull up her phone and look and see if I'd made it to school, if the girls had made it to school. But we also had some other codes, too. 
mm-hmm. before even Life 360. Well, I think that was our our best laid plan. Is that way when I left for work, if I left before you, then we my husband could check as he went by after me because he always left after anybody else, including both of us when we left for work. We knew if the shades were open, then you were okay. But if they weren't open, then we needed to be a little bit more concerned on a high alert and checking on you guys. So no matter who left first, there was someone at the end to make sure that those blinds were our key. Yeah, we did that before we did the Live 360 because we hadn't really thought of that. So Mm -hmm. that was our first code was opening and closing of our curtains or blinds in our big living room window was to let the neighbors know if things were okay or not. And it was kind of weird that you had to live that way. But at the same time, we were so thankful because we knew you guys were at least watching or looking out for us, where if something happened, it wouldn't be days before somebody noticed that we were missing or we had a problem. What would you say, though, how many how many nights and how much sleep do you think you probably lost over having to worry about us girls and, and what was going on over here? Oh, I don't even know that I could add up in my head the the hours, the minutes, the nights, right off the top of my head. But I know lots. Lots. And then you guys always encouraged all three of us girls that if we had any problems to come to our house. Mm-hmm. We gave you the code to get in our house. Rather, it was midnight, whatever time. You guys were always welcome. Our place was the safe haven. Yep. I and mean, that and that really helped, just knowing that we had somewhere, somewhere to go. Because we, for you listeners that don't know us, we live out in the country, and you know neighbors aren't real close by. And it, it you know, it we have cornfields around us or bean fields, and so to have a neighbor next door that was willing to open up their house to us day or night and always be a phone call away, it was a huge sense of relief just knowing that they were there. I also think it's important to note that sometimes he would want both of our families to go out to eat and then sometimes he wouldn't and there wouldn't really be any specific reason as to why it was just whatever he preferred it was always hot and cold yeah I mean sometimes he'd have a fire and he'd want everybody to come over and we'd have a get together Mm -hmm. and he'd be like well let's see what the neighbors are doing and then the next time he'd be like well I hope they don't come over you know and so you never you never knew what to expect or what to think and and I do think sometimes he tried to maybe run you off or wish that you wouldn't come around but you and I had such a strong friendship that it didn't really detour you right right yeah I mean like if we'd come over and hang out around the pool you know even my kids I mean you know they they knew enough not to go in to stay out on the deck and and but I also think that it bothered him that if we were all outside he wanted to know what was going on too. He'd come outside to see what we were doing or what we were talking about. And once he knew what he wanted to know, then he'd go back inside and want nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. Yep, it was very self-centered. Without a doubt. I also think on that note that our comment about him is where he really tried to sever our friendship. He would try to keep you guys from us, knowing that we knew that the situation wasn't good, but after we made a comment about his looks that really irritated him and then he did everything he could to try to keep you guys away from us yeah like if we saw the kids outside we couldn't go over and play 
baseball or softball with them. We had to stay in the yard. And at that point, you know, that was two years ago. So Amelia and I were already grown up. But they weren't. No. And that was the hard part is they didn't understand right. what why was going on or why you didn't want them coming around. And it had nothing to do with us. It was just the fact that you didn't know how he was going to behave when right. they were over here. and Or, you know, and I just explained it off as crumpy today. And, you know, I mean, I could tell the days that it was okay for him to cross the the little path and the days that it wasn't by all means. Yeah, because normally if it was a good day, he'd like initiate contact with them and ask them what they were doing and, and hey, you know, you coming over and that kind of stuff. And then other times he'd just ignore your kids. Right. So there was, there was always kind of a little, it was on my terms. You can be friends, but it's going to be on my terms kind of thing. Most definitely. I also think it's important for people to know that safety is is something that everybody needs to know that's going through this. You need to have a person that you know will have your back no matter what. And that's something that was is hard for people who know your situation, but they need to know that they need to just remember that you have to make those decisions on your own. I think you heard me say many times over the years, you are strong enough, you can do this. You know, and you can't force anybody until they're ready. And that's that's the men mental part of it is they have to mentally be ready. But it's important for them to know that when they are ready, that there is someone there. And I think you guys could tell before the end, just in our conversations and stuff, that I was ready and I was getting there. I just couldn't do it as quick as your husband wanted me to do it because I felt like I needed to make a plan because I knew it wouldn't be an easy an easy out. I, I knew it wouldn't be where he'd just be like, yep, let's part and go amicably because that wasn't in his, we all in his that. <laughs> genetic makeup. So, so but, but I think I think the main reason my husband was pushing so quick was because he was more concerned for your safety. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. And I think too, that the other thing that we talked about last week was fear, but I think even you guys were scared for us after the fact, even after the papers were served and he moved out. Most definitely. Um, we did fear for you because we knew the way he reacts when things don't go his way. And so part of that fear led to my husband teaching your girls how to be able to protect themselves, how to shoot a gun so that if in case need be if no one else is here to protect them they can protect themselves and that made him feel at ease knowing that they could at least protect themselves by knowing how to use a firearm and you know that was just the first time the start in november after everything happened but we we've been out to the range many times since then and they've shot with your husband since then as well but you know when you stop and you think about that that here we are teaching these kids so if they have to protect themselves against their own father it's like next level messed up and that was really hard for me to wrap my head around because nobody should have to do that for their own dad but yet when you're dealing with somebody that's mentally unhinged. unstable and unhinged we really I think all felt like that was the only answer and especially knowing that you know we were all coming and going and that there'd be times that we'd be by ourselves right and I think I mean I, I don't think that was an easy task 
for my husband either being the father figure you know what I mean a father yeah, figure in. Mm-hmm. well and not so much that but just being a father figure you know you you hate to tell someone well just in case you need to you know shoot your dad or you know because it gets to that point I mean for him to to be teaching them how to do that I mean it's wasn't easy on him either but he knew that that's what they needed they needed you know that too for his own mental safety with it too that you know knowing that they could do it if they had absolutely that was the only choice Mm -hmm. they couldn't he couldn't get here it helped him sleep at night knowing that if he couldn't be here fast enough at least you know they could yeah and we had some safety plans in place that you know he he went over with this along with DHS and and Families First and all the other organizations. And that was one of the things, even the county attorney said, do you have a plan? And so we'd have to tell them the plan. And, and you know, you guys were pretty integral in that planning of the plan and then you being part of it as well, being, you know, our safety house and a place where the girls could run if ever need be. And, and I think they would have come to you earlier when some of the physical stuff happened except... We didn't they, know they couldn't they couldn't get out react. and they didn't want to leave me so yeah, so right. now it's a little different situation than it was back then fast forward to now how do you think that we are handling everything given what has happened in the past well like i said from the get-go i knew you guys were strong enough to do it and i think that you were in a much better place mentally physically you're happy you're smiling you're outside, you're able to do the things that you want to do without without fear. One of the things, though, I think that helped is that we need to give credit to you and your family, too, mm-hmm. because you guys have been there for us all along, but even more so when it comes to little things that we've needed, whether it be How starting, the lawnmower yeah, starting the lawnmower or the snowblower or, you know, changing the sink the plumbing you know just all of those little well even the christmas tree yeah we didn't talk (laughs) about that that i thought we did but but um we'll talk about that in an upcoming episode but you know you guys have been there for us and you know you you kind of had a tragedy in your situation where you lost your mom to covid and our family dynamics changed for you guys as well as us and so it was nice that we've been able to be there to support each other and you know we have holidays together and we we our families have kind of blended blended and closer than we've ever been before because we're all you know there for each other and think the world of each other and we became the b family yeah yeah exactly (laughs) both of our last names start with b and so yeah and it's it's nothing for either one of us just to walk across and into each other's house or my kids to come over here and pop in it's just we are one family i mean we may live in two houses but we're one blended family that help each other whenever the help is needed no matter what it is like today a weed eater (laughs) (laughs) you went over and Got the leader. Yeah, I mean, it just it's just nice. And, and everybody needs those people in their lives that can lift them up through the good times and the bad times. And, and I just want you to know how much we appreciate you and your family and everything you guys have done and continue to do for us because it definitely has helped us make this transition easier. Well, and, and being through a divorce, mine has never been as nasty as yours, but just going through a divorce and... Being a single mom, I knew if I could do it, then as old as your girls were, there was no doubt in my mind that you could do it and your girls were strong enough. 
and you guys would pull through this and and you have you've come through and proven that you can do it and you guys are doing awesome so and I will say you know we we are now and and I don't want listeners to think that it just happened overnight because there were some bumps along the way and there were a lot of emotions that we dealt with and and you've been called in a few times I know I know um Amelia ran over to get you one night that I was upset and she's like you've got to come you've got to come mom needs you she's kind of like our mediator yeah I mean it's been nice in that sense because I think even before this you knew us and you knew um our family dynamics and you knew our personality so you've been able to be an objective person to help us all see each other's perspectives because as we've said before sometimes it's easy to go back into what you know and so like if the girls would be fighting they instantly get mad and the voices would raise and the name calling would start and and you helped us along with a couple other friends say that you have to relearn and reprogram this because that's what you know and you kept telling me give it time Krista give it time it'll get better and I kept telling you Jeannie all I want is peace I want peace I want serenity I don't want my house to be this way I don't want him to fight and and you kept telling me give it time and and I I didn't believe you a few times I'm gonna be honest because I didn't think we'd ever get to where we are today because you know it was just we all have our triggers and it's hard it's not easy I mean you can't do it overnight you can't fix things you can't change things I mean you have to learn how to live differently I mean without without fear without repression I mean you know it's it is hard I mean it's not an easy thing and it doesn't it's not all cupcakes and yeah you know and rainbows you know it's not there's going to be bad days and there's going to be good days and that's what I wanted you guys to know you're going to have them and you're going to have your ups you're going to have your downs but you know you stand back up and you know that one day it will be worth it and I think we already feel like it's worth Mm -hmm. it without a doubt I think we felt that all along I just think it's sometimes harder to push forward as as life comes at you and and everybody knows they deal with hardships and sometimes it feels like the whole just, world's against you yeah and it just feels like it's one thing after another after another and you know that's when you have to kind of dig deep and keep pushing forward and you've been a great cheerleader along the way to help me do that and you know you kept telling me this too shall pass and all of those things and and it did make a difference and there were a few times that you I think thought I was trying to be too strong so you um let me have my emotional moments too and my breakdown and and then we pick up the pieces and go on definitely so I think on that note is there any advice Jeannie that you would give to other listeners who are thinking about making a move or exiting their spouse or bad relationship yeah different things like that is there any advice you would give them find your person the person that you know that will be truthful to you even if it's not what you want to hear that will be your cheerleader your supporter and when you finally have made that decision will be there afterwards I think that is the most important thing that I can say I mean from my perspective, the one who knows you the best and that you can truly cry to, you know. And I'll be honest, I think that if I hadn't been able to share things with you and with my other friend, I really don't know what I would have done because I at least felt like I had a support system. Now, maybe you couldn't say anything 
and I put you in an unfair spot or situation, but it helped me just by being able to talk about it and tell someone about it. And one of the things too that, you know, I said that I was able to talk to you about it is that helped me because I had tried journaling because I knew I needed to get some of these emotions and feelings off my chest, but I was always afraid no matter where I put the journal, he might find it. So I remember I'd write in it and I'd put it in my bedside table or I'd put it under the mattress and then I'm like, oh my gosh, if he gets a hold of this, this is going to create all these problems. So you, without realizing it, you were my outlet because I couldn't really write it down or put it on a computer or take a chance of him finding what I was really feeling or how I was thinking because that would have just opened another whole can of worms. Because my, my whole concern was if something happened to me, I wanted somebody to know, especially going forward and taking care of my girls. Well, and that's what I was just going to say. I mean, somebody needs to know your situation, so you need to be able to trust that person. And like you said, it was difficult watching you guys go through that and worrying, but I wouldn't change it either because at least you knew there was someone you could go to, you could trust, and no matter if you stayed or if you didn't stay, and we had codes so that we could communicate even without him knowing we were communicating, and everybody needs that kind of a person so that... And I think that helped the girls as much as anything too, not mm -hmm. just me, but, but just them knowing that you guys were there yeah. and the codes. And I still think they look at you both as another extra set of parents. I mean, I know oh, no. I know they told your husband Happy Father's Day and got him gifts last year and they they think the same of you for Mother's Day and stuff. But I just think that it made leaving in the transition we were going through easier because that like first Thanksgiving, it, you know, everything happened in November. We came to your house and and it was that was the beginning of our blended family. And right. and I think to them it just it felt like normal too because we grew up with them and so it was kind of like the relationship we had before everything changed where we couldn't really see them anymore. So I think that it helped not only myself but my sister as well because it was like that sense of normalcy again. Yeah, it was like coming full circle yeah. where we were back together. Mm -hmm. So earlier I mentioned that I couldn't journal and one of the things that Bria tried to get me to do was to journal after everything happened and it was hard for me at the beginning I I wasn't sure I you know I'd held that in so long that I wasn't sure what to write or how to write and so if you remember you bought me several different ones I love journals so I typically always buy at least three or four when I go shopping and I really don't tend to I just kind of navigate there on my own so she'd give me one and she'd be like, try this one, mom. And then she'd be like, well, try this one if you don't like that one. And if it has too many lines. And yeah, so, they're all different journals. So so we started and, you know, I, I can honestly say I started with just one positive thought a day. Like, you know, something that happened, we call that like a small success or a small win. So one thing that went positive that day talked about my feelings and and if anything had happened you know basically with the divorce if I was frustrated or whatever and I just kept it very what I would say informational and just fact to the point where it really wasn't deep in my emotions but that's how I started and as time went on after a couple of weeks of doing that I noticed that two or three sentences become 
four or five sentences and then I started talking more about how I was feeling and it just kind of grew as time went on and I felt more comfortable with it so I guess what I'm trying to say is even if you don't journal or it seems overwhelming just give it a start and and just start by writing like one thing you're thankful for that's how I started was with gratitude honestly and I wrote one thing I was thankful for every day and of course you know you girls were always there and then I just add to it in each day and so now when I go back and look at him I think wow you know I've come a long ways but it's kind of fun to reflect. see to see where my head was then and reflect on my emotions and what was going on at that time compared to where I'm at and what was going on now so with that being said Bria created a journal. She asked me which ones I liked. She took which ones she liked and created a journal for people kind of like me that were reluctant journals journalists to get started. Yeah, I took like I'd say five or six different journals that I used frequently, but then I was like, okay, this is kind of getting to be a little much um usage wise because I'd have to always go to a different one and a different page in each one so I combined a couple different methods from each and composed and put them into one journal so there's bits and pieces from all of them that we've used throughout this whole situation and it's pretty much simplified I should say. Mm-hmm. And not only that but one of the things that I like that you did too was you made it digital where people like me that sometimes don't want to sit in bed at right at night, I could grab my iPad or my laptop and I could just type a little bit and five, ten minutes is all it took. And it kind of goes back to the thing like how my mom said she wanted a journal but she didn't want it found and if you put it on your device and your device has a passcode on it then you're pretty much well secure because it's within an app. So that's also kind of like a double win, I would say, Mm -hmm. if you're in a situation like ours. So tell them about where they can find the journal if they want to take a look at it. Yeah, so the journal that I created, it's actually on Amazon for sale, and you can find it under my company name, Chathonic Co., or you can find it on my website, and it's actually free. All you have to do is pay shipping, and it's two-day shipping, so it's about $8, uh, which is cheaper than Amazon. And it's a nice place to start. Yeah, and it has a bunch of different blank prompts, so um, you can track each day and your feelings, and you don't have to fill out the entire thing. You can fill out a box or two at a time, and it's really up to you. And I wanted it that way so you can have that flexibility and creativity to journal, and it's really up to you on how you make the most of it. So we're gonna conclude on that note, And know in the upcoming episodes, we'll be talking more about some of our feelings and some of the healing that we did to help us get through these times. And we will also have guest speakers as well. So a new episode will drop Monday at 5 a.m. on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and more. And you can also find our episodes at cheeseandcrackers.us where you can listen to all of our episodes for free in case you missed any and you don't have to create an account. We also would like to say thanks again for all your support and feedback and if you have any questions, comments, or things that you want us to talk about topic-wise, you can email us at cheeseandcrackersus at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.